1: Hey friends. Happy Friday. It is episode number 331 coming at you on October 16th. It's Friday. I'm so excited. Today is a great show for you. I sit down with a new friend of mine, Mandisa. You might know Mandisa from her time on American Idol. In fact, I didn't remember what had happened on the show. And she tells us how that went down. And I was so impressed with her bravery and her confidence and her sharing the gospel in the midst of a really hard time. So much so that I came home from my interview in Nashville and um, showed my kids Uh, the episode and how she had a conversation with Simon that was so impactful, I believe, for the world to see. Mandisa and I had such a lovely conversation today, and I left our conversation, and it was our first time to ever meet. I left our conversation saying, I really like this woman. We talked about body image and weight and depression, and, and man, we talked about 2020 and how do we vote as a Christian. We talked about uniting in Christ and celebrating diversity and colorblindness and and the joy that she sees and the need that we also have in black and brown worship leaders rising up and of course she's a football fan so we talk about her titans you guys it's a lovely show Mandisa is gracious and kind and brilliant and beautiful inside and out and you're going to love our conversation today Friends, it's been two weeks since the release of my newest book, You Be You, Why Satisfaction and Success are Closer Than You Think. And it has been so lovely to hear all the ways that this book is ministering to you, so much so that I want to read a part from the book for you today. Here we go. This is a section from chapter five. Envy is a terrible lie. It whispers to us that we deserve more and should get more. It leads us to wish that our life looked more like her life. And it threatens to change the way we live, to change how we live our callings, change how we use our voice, change how we exercise our gifts and talents. Comparison makes me want to hustle to be better than her. It makes me think if I just hustle more, I could beat what's making me feel so inferior to her. If I would do the five things she says she does, I'd be a better mom. I would get the respect I see her getting that I think I deserve. I'd be more like the real person everyone thinks I am. If I would just do that, whatever that is. Comparison makes me think my success as a mom, a friend, a wife, or a co-worker is determined by how well I imitate her life because she sure makes it all look easy. Do you see the faultiness in this routine? Hustling for all the wrong reasons, boasting in all the wrong things, searching for all the wrong meanings and accomplishments, using the findings and feelings of comparison to dictate for us how we move towards satisfaction and success rather than being directed by God's word and staying true to our own calling? It's a never-ending cycle that leads to more comparison, more pride, and always to more insecurity. But what if we flipped this whole idea of comparison on its head? What if we took all the me versus she stuff completely out of the way? What if we became women who instead of feeling the need to boast in ourselves, simply boasted in the one who made us who we are? If we did, I have a small suspicion our lives would drastically change in a way that moves us toward our callings, in a way that opens up our own voices, in a way that maximizes the abilities and sensitivities that God has created inside us. Instead of finding ourselves dissatisfied because of what we see in others, we would find ourselves truly satisfied in him. You guys, I believe those words more than ever today than when I wrote them over a year and a half ago and they released to the world about two weeks ago. If you are feeling that tension feeling like you're not enough you're not satisfied if you could just be more like her friends I encourage you a lot in this book on how to get out of that trap so you can pick up this book wherever you find books and if you want to listen to it I read it so if you're a normal podcaster you're used to hearing me in your ears so check out the book anywhere you get it you be you why satisfaction and success are closer than you think okay friends here is my conversation with one of my new favorite people in the whole entire world Mandisa Hey, Mandy, so welcome to the happy hour.
2: Thank you. I am
1: so happy to have you here. I'm happy so glad hour. to be here. You know, what's funny is I have been wanting to interview you for a long time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just need to say the listener was not in this room with us right now, obviously. They're yeah. just listening through their little AirPods <laughs> in their ear on their walk or doing dishes mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think this was the best time for us to meet. Yeah, I think so. We, you prayed before we started yeah. for my kids, and I just felt... I felt like you came into my interview and then ministered to me. <laughs> so all that to say, it's a good reminder that this was the perfect time yes. for you and I to sit down. So I don't think that anyone in America doesn't know who you are.
2: Well, I, well, I did like but... on your Instagram <laughs> you said, "Oh, I said American Idol season 5 loser, loser. <laughs> Kayla Fan Award, Dove Award, Grammy Award winner, defined by neither." It's like it's somebody's favorite just... that you said that. Well, that took some work for me to learn that. But honestly, I've been so wrapped up in what people have thought of me my entire life and awards and accolades. Like they feel good, but man, I can't let that define me. And so I think it's important for people to know if you're gonna know anything about me, know that I'm not defined by not of any it. of them. By
0: any
1: of it. How much of a loser were you? That's a weird question. I, I oh, didn't watch a, I didn't watch
2: American Idol that much. How far did you go? I was in ninth place. Oh, that's great. On the best season, though. So that gives me a little bit Who more credit. Who was great. the winner of that season? Taylor Hicks. But we also had Chris Daughtry, Kelly Pickler, Catherine McPhee. Like, we were kind Y'all of the some season. people come out of there. Yeah. So... You know, the fact that I came in ninth, it's funny because I was thinking about how in that season, that was before Twitter and Instagram, but I remembered seeing magazines that said that I was going to win, and it was going to be me and Chris or me and Taylor Hicks, like all of these magazines. In the moment? Yes. Okay. And so you're in this bubble, and you start to think that you're all that, mm. which is how I came to realize, okay, even if I fall on my face, even if I mess up, even if I sound a hot mess, even if I look a hot mess... If I let that define me, then that's going to have me messed up my whole life. So let's not let that define me. So when I came in ninth place, it was hard, but I feel like I learned a lot from it. Did you think, I'm going to win this? I did. Yeah, because all the Does anyone
1: go in? At, I mean, no, they probably do. But by the time you get to the top 20, doesn't Girl. everybody think
2: they're going to win? Yeah. And <laughs> so that's hard. <laughs> it is, especially, like, you know, I had some moments. Simon Cowell and I had some moments where he Good said Good or bad. Some, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he said some stuff about my weight when I auditioned. Was that on TV? It was. The premiere oh, episode.
1: Oh, 30
2: million people. That was how many people watched the premiere episode that year. And I didn't know. Like, he said it after I left the room. So I found out in the premiere episode. After the season was already over? No, girl.
1: Okay, tell me. I'm sorry. This is dumb, but I am so <laughs> American Idol illiterate. And I don't okay. want to talk about this whole
2: time. Yeah. But... It's live every week. No. So in the very beginning, they do the auditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pre-filmed. Gotcha. I auditioned in Chicago. And Simon said that I was everything that he wanted me to be. And then they sent me out with the golden ticket. I ran out screaming. That's what I thought happened. After I left the room, he made comments about my weight. And so I found out when I watched the premiere episode, I had already gone through Hollywood Week. The next time I saw him was a week after I saw the premiere episode. Were you with people in the room I watching? Was. Um, Which is, I want to cry. It was honestly one of the best moments of my life. Why? Because we, it was TiVo back in those days. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. the TiVo. And they prayed for me. Mm. And they prayed first that God would have mercy on Simon because you don't mess with one of God's kids. But then they prayed that God would help me to forgive Simon and that God would somehow use this for good. And so that's why when I saw him a week later, I said, Simon, I want you to know you hurt me. I cried. But I forgive you. And I said, the reason I can forgive you is that Jesus Christ died. So all my wrongs. Stop can be forgiven. That was on TV to 30 million people. They aired every last word of it. And that is why it was worth it. Like, it's what the enemy means for harm that God is able to use for good. And I'm a living witness of that. Who else were the other judges then? Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson. Like, I was the this OG. This is the OG. <laughs> You know, Paula was like, "Mm, look at her. Well, she did. That's exactly what she said, which is after she said that, that's when Simon made the comments about my weight. Wow. Yeah. Well,
1: American Idol loser, winner, none of it matters. That's right. It's my favorite. Now, I was telling you before we started- this is our first time to ever chat and hang yeah. out, but I was actually at an event with you last year. Mm-hmm. It was in Orlando yeah. at a Lifeway Live, yes. and I was MC host, and you did a concert. Yeah. And I think I probably, oh, I know I did. I videoed some and <laughs> sent it to my kids. <laughs> I was like, look, she's amazing. Um, that was, I don't know, I'm going to guess last October, maybe. Was it just last year? I mean, let's be honest. When you think about March of this year, it feels Sarah, like a decade you're ago. You're so right. Yeah, I mean, I think it was last year, maybe
2: the summer. Yeah, I remember the event really well, because I used to work at Lifeway. And coming back, you know, as, you know, what I do now, and being a part of this Lifeway event after everything that I have been through. And I used to travel with Beth Moore and a lot of the people that I was on the stage with. Coming back was a full circle moment for me. A good full circle? It was great, except that I was in a pit. Like, I battle with depression, and I was in the dark at that time. And I remember that because I, when I look back, I'm really disappointed because mm-hmm. that should have been a highlight of my life. And I was in the pit at that time, so I kind of wish I had a redo. I'm going to have a redo.
1: You're going to have a redo. Yeah. What does the pit look like?
2: Well, it's a lot of food, often Krispy Kreme donuts, an entire box in one sitting, isolating, shutting out everybody who loves me, not answering my phone, Not answering my door. Just dark. It's dark. You said you struggle with depression. Has this been a lifelong
1: struggle? Do you remember the first time you felt that pit? I don't.
2: I've only just now realized that it's a lifelong thing. Just because I've done lots of counseling lately. And I went to a place called OnSite. And that is... That helped me to deal with some trauma that I faced as a child and a lot of it. And I didn't realize that I had a lot of it. And that's what you and I were talking about before we started recording was when something happens to you as a child, I could cry right now thinking about it. Like that is such a ploy of the enemy, like that he comes after the little ones Mm. before they've even formed who they are. And I was with somebody recently who said that if something happens to you before the age of five, that that can leave an indelible mark, like even before your personality is formed, when something happens to you like that before five, it's a very different thing than after five, once your personality has been formed, it just kind of changes things. So yeah, some stuff happened to me before five and my whole life, and I realize. I've always turned to food. Food was always a comfort for me, which is why even on my time on American Idol, like I swung, like sometimes I was really heavy, sometimes I was living my best life and I was healthy. When I was in the deepest, darkest pit in 2014 to 2016, I gained 200 pounds and I weighed close to 400 pounds when I was doing my best and I was healthy in every way, I got to 179. And I'm like, Lord, I'm kind of in the middle right now. And I've always thought that it was about the weight and the food. And now I realize, no, it's really just a symptom of the fact that I've not dealt with some of my stuff. Mm. And now I'm dealing with it. And- the weight is coming off, but more importantly, the chains are coming off. So yeah, it's worth it.
1: You know, I think that a lot of people find themselves older Mm -hmm. and going, okay, so what I thought was my struggle all along has not really been my struggle. Yeah. And I think some of that comes from age, maturity, Mm -hmm. maturity, just as a person and then spiritual maturity. Do you remember like when you started to realize my struggle with food might not just be about food?
2: I think so. I think I read a book by a friend of mine, Lisa Turkhurst. She wrote a book called Made to Crave. And I think reading that, first of all, when she gave it to me, I was like, what does this little skinny thing (laughs) have to tell me about craving? (laughs) And about weight. But I read it and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize, oh, there's something more here than just the Krispy Kreme. Like, I turned to Krispy Kreme because of some stuff. And... That was a long... I mean, maybe that was a decade ago. I think that's when it really dawned on me. This is about more than just exercising yeah. and changing my eating habits. Yeah. I've got to get to the root. Yeah.
1: I found that when I feel like I need to get to the root of things, there's this tendency to look and go, okay, I know there's something more I have to do, mm-hmm. but I also know that's going to be a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's going to cost me a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's this idea that sometimes you think, I'll just be better if I just like stuff this down yes. and don't deal with it.
2: Right. Right? But that never works out. It's still there. It's short term. Like it. look, they call it comfort food for a reason. It's good. It tastes good. But it's a temporary comfort. And I used to say that God doesn't call us to comfort. But now I actually believe he does, but he calls us to his comfort. That's good. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. And so what he calls us to is to find our comfort in him. And that's not to say that Krispy Kreme is wrong. I love Krispy Kreme. And while you're here in Nashville, if you've not gone to Five Daughters to get a cronut... Oh, what is a cronut? It's a half croissant, half donut, and it will change your life. (laughs) But that's not the devil. Like no, The devil you're right. is not the cronut. Mm-hmm. What the devil does is he makes you try to turn to cronuts yeah. in order to fill a void that can really only mm-hmm. be filled by God, who calls himself the bread of life. Yeah. And so really, it's, it's turning to the bread of life, the bread of heaven, living water, before turning to anything else. And if you've not done that your entire life, it's not going to feel good. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. But he doesn't call us to easy. He calls us to effectiveness. And sometimes yeah. the only way to do that is by doing what's not easy. Yeah. And oftentimes you just hit the, unless it's like drugs and alcohol,
1: which is many people turn to that. Absolutely. But other times it's things that, like you said, they're not
2: bad in and of themselves. Yeah. You know? And you know what? I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to because I've already kind of put it out there. Even alcohol isn't bad. Like, come on. Jesus' first miracle was turn a water into wine. Yeah. So I know. I'm not sure what your audience feels about that. Everybody it is called it the happy hour. Well, so there's that. <laughs> I do enjoy wine. So yes. there's that. Well, so that's the thing. It's everything in moderation. Yeah. Like everything in moderation. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. And some things that we say are bad or are actually not. Mm-hmm. It's just that we do too much. And yeah. especially in Western culture, we're just always about more 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 and give me more but if you go over to like italy or even in the holy land like they do things in moderation mm-hmm. they eat bread they eat pasta but they also don't gorge themselves on mm-hmm. it and they enjoy their meals like they have table fellowship they talk and they enjoy they don't just stuff it down so i think it's a western culture thing that we often fall into
1: we went to italy last summer <sighs> Best food I've ever had in my entire really? life.
2: Oh my gosh. I disagree, but I was in a different Where's in life. Oh, you went to Italy and it wasn't. I did. What part of Italy? So we went to Orvieto. It was when I was in college. Uh-huh. Orvieto, we did Rome. It's just, I remember I got pizza there and it felt like a salting cracker with a piece of sausage on top. Mm. I was like, where's the cheese? And Mm-mm. where's the <laughs> you did not go to the
1: places that I went to. We were in southern Italy and I've been to Italy twice, two different areas. Yeah, and me this too. last trip, we ate pasta and drank wine with every meal. And we walked everywhere, and I never yeah. felt gross. Yes. And we sat at the table for hours and, and you talked and you enjoyed one another. That's what they do. Loved it so much. Yeah. We went to, one time we went to another country, and our reservation was for like four hours long wow. because
2: that's how long you sit at the table. It's and true. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? That's what Jesus did. Like the fact that he, you see a lot in the Bible that he sits at a table and he eats with people. Mm-hmm. And it's not, the religious Pharisees, I mean, he did that too, Yeah, yeah. but it's the tax collectors, mm-hmm. it's the prostitutes, yeah. it's the people who were considered unclean, yeah. and the fact that Jesus did that, but that it was the religious Pharisees that said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I just think that that, we should pay attention to that as Christians, and who are we having table fellowship with?
1: He entered into their world right. with them, which is one of my favorite things, yeah. because everyone around was going why are you entering yes. into their world? And you know what? Even like the religious Pharisees, if they were say like, okay, if you're God, you need to not be yeah, with these people. That's right. And he said, this is where I go. Yeah. This is what I do. Which is like, okay, 2020. Mm. Come on, <laughs> go there. <laughs> It's been a hard year, you know? I heard someone say the other day, like, okay, 2020 is like a dumpster fire. It's been a hard year. But, like, God is going to do so much through it, and I'm trying to, like, hold on to that and be hopeful for, like, revival and unearthing things in people's hearts and in churches and communities. But one of the things that is a struggle for me, and I'm just, I think I can go there here with you, so we'll see. Please. I'm struggling a little bit with Christians. Mm
2: (laughs) Say that, Jamie, girl.
1: (laughs) And listen, I, I'm not holier than thou. Me, me tell neither you, am I. Let me tell you, I had a conversation last night with someone. I was at dinner here in Nashville all yeah. by myself, which was lovely, but I was voxering back and forth with yeah. a friend. And I was saying, I've actually been really convicted lately of not holding space for someone else's opinions. Okay? So, like, I can get real, like, I don't understand how you can even fill in the blank. And I don't think that's right. Like I have been convicted. Jamie, you've got to hold space for other people.
2: I don't talk politically about stuff. It's not something I've ever really openly spoken about. But what I understand is that there is not an all or nothing thing that I think that God is calling us to. I really believe that you can disagree with a brother and sister in Christ. And do it in a way that still brings glory to God. I personally don't think it happens on social media a lot. I think it happens more sitting at a table. Exactly. Talking face-to-face yeah. face with somebody. Yeah. That's my conviction. It's I do this thing called Mornings with Mandisa. Mm-hmm. On August episode, we talked about that, how you can disagree mm-hmm. with somebody and still do it in a way that I think God looks at and says, this is how I want my children to do it. Yeah. And I don't think it happens on social media it's, a lot. It's so
1: true. And but. so, you know, speaking of, I don't do politics much either, but it feels like... It's a big thing right now, and it's in our face, and I think we have an obligation as Christ followers to to speak, you know, truth. But I told you where I'm getting convicted, so yeah. I'm laying my my issue out on the table. Is that I want to be a woman who holds, holds space for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think this year, I was thinking because I have all of my boys will vote in the next election. Oh, really? Not this one. Not 2020. But they're oh, all vote. So yes. they're all like 15, 16. Yeah. They'll all vote in the next mm-hmm. one. I was thinking the other day, I was like, what do I want to teach my kids when they're in my house about voting? And again, we're not a political family. Like, I'm not working on a call desk anywhere. I'm not wearing buttons. I don't have T-shirts but i have been a little bit more convicted of like this is one of our responsibilities oh, okay so i was thinking and here's my idea i haven't even told my husband this <laughs> i think this is what i want to do i want to get all the candidates however many there might be you know 2 3 whatever this year yeah, or 2020 because okay. i want my kids to see us do this and i want to lay out everything that they're for and against mm. and i want to tally because like you said i'm going to find myself lining up with a little bit of maybe both yes and then i want to teach my kids that there is not one candidate who is going to fulfill everything right. that I agree with? And yeah. there's not one candidate that is going to be sin free and a savior for this country. That's right. And so, for me as a voter, I want to go into that voting booth knowing that there's nobody in here that's worth my vote. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah.
2: They all have major things come that I would disagree with. Yes. Something else to add in with talking to your children. I don't have children, so come I'm talk, talk to, talk to my God children yeah. about this. Yeah. But when you look at, local government like look at Texas Mm -hmm. look at your city Mm -hmm. look at what the local government has control that affects your family personally Mm -hmm. and then maybe you vote one way for the local government and maybe you vote a completely different way for the federal government like I think when we look at how do these things apply to my personal life Mm -hmm. I think that would help me to vote according to what personally affects me, knowing yeah. that there's a difference. in, you know, I live in Williamson County here. We're doing this interview in Davidson County. Mm-hmm. The rules are different. Like, yeah. we're 30 minutes away from mm-hmm. each other. But we don't have to wear a mask in Williamson County. Yeah. We do here. right? And so just looking at local government, what affects me personally, and maybe that will help inform who I vote for It's so locally. good.
1: It's so good. I think I want to make sure people understand in this conversation that we're having, because I have a feeling this is going to make it in the show, oh. is <laughs> I think I just want people... To hear two people having a conversation, both of us going, man, I'm not on the political rally. I'm not hosting parties at my house for any candidate. There's no bumper
2: sticker on my car. No bumper sticker, (laughs) nothing.
1: So I think we all have this obligation to go into that voting booth with the best resources that we have and what are the values that you bring in there. And then at the end of the day, I mean, again, God's really convicted me to hold space for it doesn't matter who you vote for, if I want to love you well. That's right. So I think I started this whole conversation with people who would call themselves Christ followers. But then a lot of times I don't see them acting like Jesus. And this is not political. So we are leaving the voting yeah. train, people, okay? Yes. We are back on <laughs> to just, we were talking about Jesus meeting with tax collectors mm-hmm. and having dinner. So that's where this came from. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with the president, guys. But about Christians really, really making us Christians look poorly. And so I just want to hear from you, like, what is that been like for you in 2020 or even longer of maybe struggling with that like I am a little bit and I need to say something more else real quick I want everyone that's listening neither one of us are sitting here going we have this whole thing figured out okay
2: so there's that <laughs> no if I have anything figured out especially in the last three months or so here's what I figured out when it's dark light shines brightest so with 2020 what is happening with coronavirus, with some of the stuff that we have seen regarding race in our country that I personally don't think would have been as highlighted had we not been in a quarantine. I agree. He would use the darkest days of our country. Mm. That's maybe an overstatement. We had some dark days. We've had country. some dark days. Yeah. But you would
1: think we would have be on the other side. Yes. And I don't think we are.
2: Yeah. Here's what I believe. This is the body of Christ Chance to rise up. Like I feel God saying, y'all, this can be your greatest moment. You've got to shine like stars. And that's Philippians 2, where it talks about Jesus, who in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he laid down his life. He got down on his knees and he washed the feet of his disciples. He washed Judas's feet. I got chills right now thinking about that. He knew what Judas was about to do. And he got down on his knees and he washed his feet. It's convicting. How much more mm-hmm. should we wash our enemies' feet? Yeah. Wash the people who we disagree with. Wash their feet and serve them. That is what I think is our greatest opportunity. Mm. If we do that... I think that we're in store for a revival that is going to change not just our country. I think the fact that we're in a global pandemic, I think it's going to revolutionize Mm -hmm. our world if Christians rise up. By getting low, mm-hmm. if we not rise up and say, This is what you should do, but if we do what Jesus did and we serve and we live like Philippians 2, it says that when we do that without grumbling and complaining, then we will shine like stars in the dark and mm-hmm. we're in the dark. So let's shine like stars. I
1: love it. That's what I keep saying. Like, I've just been feeling like God has just been like, Jamie, you have got like that, washing Judas's feet. And and again, I'm not having like the most difficult conversations in the world. But I just want to have more conversations that aren't online, that are face-to-face like you and I are having, you know? And you and I might disagree on some things, you know? But we can sit here with each other. If
2: you read in Acts, you see that Paul disagreed with Peter. And you saw Paul disagree with a lot of people. But... They did it in a way that still showed Jesus. Mm. And so I think there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. I think there's a way that you can disagree that still lets God say, that's how you do it. And we did that on my mornings with Mandisa. Like I had a disagreement with my friend Colby and we talked it out. And I think we did it in a way that made God say, that's my girl. Mm. That's my boy. So I think let's do that.
1: (laughs) You had a disagreement in person or you had a disagreement and then you came to talk about it? Both. That gives me sweaty armpits, Mandisa. Yeah.
2: Oh, well, so do you know anything about Enneagram? Yes, I'm a six. Okay, I'm an eight. Okay. We're the challengers. Yes, you are. <laughs> and so, You're awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. we mixed up. We can also be jerks. So <laughs> let's just be honest about that. We need the that. spirit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had a disagreement, and we talked about it on Mornings with Mandisa because it got ugly, but then we prayed in the moment when it was getting ugly, and that changed everything. Wow. And so, yeah, I think that's an example. That's why I, I wanted brave. to of you to it. share that example, it wasn't really, yes, it on the is. Challenger, it was probably brave of Colby, <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that was brave because he let us talk about it. I always overthink talking
1: about some frustrations that I've had that I worry people would think that I think I know it all. And I'm frustrated with myself, I mean, I'm frustrated with a lot of things, and I just want to be better. And I want to see, like you said, I want to see the body of Christ rise up and do what she can do. Um, and
2: that's the light shines brightest from the darkness, like you said. And so it's interesting because I think it's not just a six enneagram thing. I think there's a woman thing. Like we overthink things a lot, mm-hmm. and we beat ourselves up a lot. Like yeah. I use this app called Marco Polo, mm-hmm. and so you can see yourself. And it's so interesting. My female friends, we always get on there. We're like, Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I look like a mess. <laughs> None of my guy friends do they that. They never said that. <laughs> they never say that. And so I think that's just something that we do. Like we pick yeah. ourselves apart. And I have felt what you have felt too what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to me is yeah I'm trying to bring peace on earth and I want it to begin with you Mm. so before I point my finger at anybody else before I say look at the log in your Mm -hmm. own eye or the splinter in your own Mm -hmm. eye I need to check out the one in mine and so let peace on earth begin with me I think that's the best thing to do good
1: Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean, You mentioned
1: earlier you went to OnSite. Yeah. I've heard such great things about OnSite.
2: Girl, it's fantastic. God changed my life there. And it's not even, it's not a faith-based thing. Like, it is straight up psychology, psychiatry. Like, it's counseling. My counselor happened to be a Jesus follower, which I was praying for and very thankful for. But learning, it's funny, you said this earlier. The emotion thing. You know, I'm really trying to live in that passage that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbors." yourself. So those are five areas. The heart represents emotions. Like, I've never really felt my emotions. And so I realize letting myself be angry when I'm angry, it's not a bad thing. Anger is not bad. Uh, it says in your anger, do not sin. What you do with the anger can be bad. But letting myself grieve when I'm sad, letting myself be joyful. I think what the world needs now is probably joyful Christians more than anything else. But letting myself feel those things has been really, really healing for me. And I learned to do that a lot at Onsite. There's no bad emotion. It's what we do with our emotions.
1: You know, this conversation I think is so good because when people would think, Mandisa, and you just told me you struggle feeling your emotions, Mm -hmm. I would have never... Really? Oh. Why? Why? I don't know why, and this could be a fault of mine, but I would just see, like, singer, encourager. Of other people.
2: Okay. Not of myself. Okay.
1: (laughs) I remember last year, whenever it was, and you did your concert, Mm -hmm. you don't just sing. Like, you teach within your concerts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you speak to the people, like, good words of encouragement. And I guess it's a fault of mine that I would have thought – I wouldn't think that you would struggle with
2: that. Wow. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I appreciate you saying that. I think it's going to be good for people to know you never know what somebody's going through. I agree. I agree. It's why, you know, when we hear about these celebrities who commit suicide, even Chadwick Boseman Who died recently, like from cancer? And nobody knew. Nobody knew. I mean, I'm sure people knew, for sure, but but like. You never know what somebody Mm -hmm. is going through. And that's why it's so important for us to be kind to everyone, Mm -hmm. even the person who's a jerk to you. Like, you just don't know what somebody is walking through. And even celebrities, like, celebrities are seeing especially with social media if you tweet somebody and you say something mean and you tag them on it they can see that like don't be jerks this is another soapbox
1: of mine on social media yeah. I, it's just people forget that there's a real person on the other end Absolutely. reading that they yeah. forget that it's so important it's, it's so very important you know it's interesting like you just mentioned chadwick who just passed away mm-hmm. colon cancer kelly preston died earlier in the year john Travolta's wife. She did. Did And this is what I'm telling you. She died of breast cancer and nobody even knew that she had it.
2: I did not know that.
1: And then, so you're seeing these things and you're like, I didn't know they were walking through that. But here's my question for you. What do you do to keep yourself from isolating when you are walking through it? Like you told me earlier in the conversation, you know, I'm not going to answer my Mm texts, all these things. That's the pit for you. What are you doing now? Yeah to keep yourself from getting back into the pit. And I'm not saying
2: you'll never go there. Yeah. You probably know that. I've been there several times in the last year, even though I'm living my best life. You're living your best life right now? I am. I love it. 2020, I know it's been a hard year for lots of people. It has been for me as well. It's also been my best year. I love that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I did was that I moved. I moved from Antioch, um, Tennessee, which is where I've lived ever since I've lived in Tennessee, to Franklin, Tennessee, because that's where my community is. And so realizing, doing a physical move and Purposely putting myself in a place where I know if I go dark, I know people who actually they did they came knocking on my door, and letting people they've got three people that I let in. When you are not hearing from me, when you know I'm going dark, if you're not hearing from me on social media, because I kind of love social media even though I'm talking bad about it. No, me too. my um, favorite I, yeah. I love
1: Instagram. It's such my <laughs> favorite.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they just know. And plus the Holy Spirit tattletales on me all the time. And so I'll just get this random text like, hey, you've been on my mind. I've got Christian here who's sitting on the couch watching us. She's texting me like, hey, you're on my mind. What's going on? Like the Holy Spirit is good for that. And so I'm allowing these people into my life. And sometimes I push them away. Like if I'm in the deep dark... I may not answer my door, but I've got people who will bang on that door until I do answer. And so moving myself close to be around them is one of the things that I did. Counseling, I'm doing that every week, especially since quarantine. And you know what? I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if I was on tour, which corona shut down, but... I'm getting healthier mind, soul, body because I'm meeting with my counselor every week, because I'm exercising, because I am spending concentrated time with the Lord as my husband. I think I'm going to get married soon. I'm going to be 44 in October, and I really believe that I'm going to get married for the first time. I think it's going to be in 2021. Let's, Wait, are we just predicting this? We are. Do you have a boyfriend? No. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> we'll see. If I get
1: married, Jamie, can we do a recap of this in can? Can I do a live recap from the wedding?
2: <laughs> yes. Let me be a flower girl or something. Yes. Yeah, I just, I feel like because I'm getting healthy in every way, feel like now is the time. And that's not to say that you can't be unhealthy and get married. I think everybody right. has got baggage that they bring into yes. marriage. I just think I had some stuff that I couldn't take with me into a marriage, and God knew that. And you've been dealing with it. Yeah. You're living your best life. I am.
1: So community, getting <laughs> yeah. healthy, counseling, yeah. those are your steps.
2: Exercising, eating healthy, allowing myself to eat a cronut from time to time. I'm going to get me a cronut while I'm Girl, here. can I take you? Oh, can we I, go to dinner after you? a cronut? After? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's balance. My word for this year is balance. I tend to go too far one way or the other. I either restrict myself and I only eat fruits and vegetables or I'm binge eating all the sugar. I feel like God is saying right here in the middle, this is where I want you to live. And that's in all areas of my life.
1: Yeah. You said you're getting healthy and you're on this health journey. Do you feel like that you've had to struggle with feeling like, Do I need to be healthy,
2: to be loved, to be liked? Absolutely, yes. So we have um, another thing on YouTube. I do a talk show called What If We Were Real. And on the episode titled Let's Get Physical, we talk all about physical appearance. And I actually show people my mirror, because on my mirror I've got sticky notes that speak life to the places that go dark. And so one of the sticky notes says, you are marriable and you are enough, because I have battled with not feeling like Or feeling like I'm not married because I'm fat. Mm. And that's just not the case. Fat people are married all the time. Really what it is is my mind and how I perceive my weight. And you know what? I need to stop saying I'm fat too. Like these are the things that I'm working on, that I've done my whole life. I've always spoken those things about myself. Mm. But our words have such power. And so I need to stop saying, you're fat, which is why I have sticky notes on my mirror so that when I get out of the shower and I'm naked standing in the mirror, I'm saying, you are beautiful. Mm. You are marryable. You are enough just the way that you are. And even if I don't believe those things in my mind, something about saying it out of my mouth my counselor says that it's going to start to sink in. So I'm just going to believe her. I'm going to take her word for it. It has to be. It's like God's word. I mean, you
1: know, yes. he tells us like to think on it day and night, right. to put it on your head. So yeah. think about it being laid down when you walk. That's and right. the reason is because it's going to take hold. Yeah. And it's going to become this you know, this truth
2: that we can stand yeah. on, I'm doing uh, which something is what you're doing. this year called Word Warriors. Um, I'm going to do it next year as well, where we memorize a new scripture every month. And all of the scriptures this month speak to our identity. And so I'm hiding. God's Word in my heart to tell me who I am in Christ. Because I've been looking to the reflection in the mirror. I've been looking to the number on a scale. I've been looking at the magazine covers to tell me who I am. And that's not who I am. And so it's so important that we have to counteract the lies of the enemy and the world and even ourselves with the truth of God's Word. Mm. What do you think would have been different about your life
1: if you would have gone through this journey 10, 15 years ago?
2: Hmm. Well, you know what? I could answer that. I feel that I'm not supposed to. Because I will receive that as shame. I will start to go down hey, see if I'd mess this mm. up. I would I could be married and I just I feel like what I'm supposed to say is today I'm just looking at what I can do today and tomorrow I'll do with tomorrow but I'm going to forget what's behind and I'm going to strain toward what is ahead and I'm just going to say I'm doing it now, and so that's what I'm gonna focus on. I think
1: your counselor would be so proud of you I right think
2: now. So too. I'm gonna have her listen to this. You're gonna have to tell her this crazy woman
1: asked me a question that was about to put me in a shame no, cycle, and, and look, I didn't fall for it. Don't you receive that as shame? Right. I
2: just felt like, as I paused in that moment, I was like, no, I think I need to. I really
1: saw you literally think in your head, mm. like, I know what I would have said, but I know what it would cause me to feel. Yeah. Balance. That's good.
2: Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. I'm right very now. proud
1: of you, too. <laughs> If we had a glass of wine, I would toast you over that. (laughs) Professionally, everything got canceled this year. Yeah. What does professionally look like for you coming out of COVID, 2021,
2: besides the wedding? (laughs) Speak it. Um, Man, I'm doing a lot. Honestly, I'm doing too much, which is why I'm kind of shutting some stuff down. I've been releasing new music. I started my What If We Were Real show on YouTube. I started Mornings with Mandisa that we do on Zoom and then put it on YouTube. We, Christian and I, we just taught a Bible study. We did the 12-week Experience in God Mm. Bible study that I did when I used to work at Lifeway. We led that online. I'm recording a podcast with Access More about mental health with Christians. Mm. Like I'm doing a lot. And... And I'm getting healthy myself. Which is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And not just physical work. Like... The emotional work and the spiritual work, like it's heavy. Mm. But I was doing too much recently and I had a panic attack two weeks ago mm. because I was doing too much. And so that's why my word is balance. Like, really not saying yes to everything. That's another Lisa Turkers. That is book. the best Your yes. Best yes, that's right. That book a lot yeah. for me. Yeah. It's just, it's important to not just, and we women do this a lot too. Just follow the lead of the Spirit and what he's saying to do. Like, I think he's after relationship. I know he's after relationship. More than he wants us to do stuff for him, he wants us to do stuff with him. And sometimes when we're doing too much, we leave him out of it and we just keep going, going, going. And so I felt God saying... You're Martha. Like, I make stuff happen. I'm an eight. I do. But I feel like he's saying, I need you to have a merry heart. I need you to first sit at my feet and to rest. I'm embracing Sabbath. I'm about to go on a vacation this week. Girl, where are you going? Chattanooga, mm. Yeah. Love it. It's so beautiful It's a cute there. city down there. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to eat some good food. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for hikes. So I'm going to go to the waterfalls. And it's just going to be me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to embrace that time now before I get married. I'm yeah. going to have a boo thing with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to embrace Jesus as my husband because... That's another scripture that he's placed on my heart. It's Isaiah 54, verse 5, that says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. And so I feel like, call me Mrs. Lord Almighty, that I'm going to get married in 2021. But in the meantime, I got the best husband ever. And so really just taking time to still away with him, I just think it's the best thing that I can do for my soul. And he's fun. Like, he's he's a blast hanging yeah. out with. Yeah. Was that your first panic attack? No. I remembered I had one in college. Okay. Um, but I only remember that after I had the yeah. panic attack. I knew I battled with, with depression. I didn't know that I battled with anxiety. I mm-hmm. thought it was just the dark. I didn't realize it was also yeah. the crazy. Yeah. So, dark and crazy, but scary. overcoming. Yeah. Do you love touring? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Do you love performing? I do. I do love performing, which is why during COVID, the online things and the stuff that I'm doing on YouTube and on Zoom, I love it. Okay, If I could teleport myself to the cities and just pop up there. It's the traveling. It is. And I love tour buses as well, but I like my bed better than I do a tour bus. Okay, Yeah. So yeah. I've never been in a tour bus and I have this like
1: weird idealistic idea that it's just so much fun
2: and like Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my wheels are churning right now I'm gonna pause I'm just gonna hold that to my heart I think that we're gonna go on tour together one time me and you yeah I do look at us what are we gonna do because I don't sing Mandisa no but you're an incredible speaker and you're an incredible host yeah
1: So are you telling me I might sleep in a tour bus with you? I do. I think so. Look at this. Yeah. People,
2: you heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) On the happy hour. (laughs) But you love performing. I do. What do you love about it? I love seeing the people. I love it when they are dancing for their lives and when you know that it's more than just moving their hips, Mm. when it's actually like... There's something about my people. (laughs) When I look at the way that people in Africa worship they use their whole bodies. Yep. Like, they are going for it. And I think that there is something that I get from that. Yeah. Um, we were talking about your children, and they do that in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Like, there is there's something about expressing worship and dance that I love. It's why I've got dancers that travel with me yeah. on the road. And there's people that will lift their hands up in complete, unabashed worship. And then there are people that you can't tell anything is happening with their body, but they're sitting there weeping. Yeah. Or the people that get down on their faces. Like... I love worship, and I love the many different expressions of it, and so I love being with people and worshiping God, and I love encouraging people and speaking life and using my own story to, you know, encouraging is literally putting courage in people, and so if I can use my story to put courage in somebody else who's walking through something similar, there's just nothing better than that.
1: I love it. You know my daughter's story has a beautiful voice. Does she? In fact, let me tell you, this is today's Monday. Yeah. Okay, so I flew out yesterday. Saturday night, she comes down and she's like, Mom... I'm trying to get this riff down. Is that the way you say it? Yeah. Riff, okay. I'm so not musical, and my husband's a songwriter and a worship leader. Yes. Awesome. So he is amazing. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And Story Can Sing, and so she's trying to awesome. get this Beyonce riff down yeah. that I saw on the what YouTube. What song? I don't know, but it said it had 47 different notes. Yeah, I guess, whatever. Yeah. See, I'm so not musical. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes down, and she does it, and me, I'm like, it's amazing. And so we found it on YouTube, and Aaron, my husband, watched it, and I was like, He's like, that is amazing. And so
2: she's like practicing, getting this amazing. 47
1: riff thing down.
2: I need to know what She's going to be a singer. Is. I'll have to
1: text you. She's going to be a
2: singer. That's why I felt like, I don't know. I want her to learn that song, You Write a Beautiful Story. because Who think, is it? We you know. Well, so I think several people have recorded it. I think the Newsboys have done a version, but I'll find it for you. Will you sing a little bit of it? You write a beautiful story. You write a beautiful story from glory to glory, and in between, I can't actually do the riffs. Like I don't, I don't do the runs. But Mia Fields, who goes to our church, okay, she wrote it. But somebody else, lots of people have recorded it. Okay. I want story to learn that song because that's what I wrote in the card for her. I just feel like God is saying, I'm writing a beautiful story through her. I think that's her song. Mm, So sweet. And have her at the end do the, this is my story, this is my song. She should go into that afterwards. Why is her name story, Jamie?
1: It's a funny question because we get asked that a lot. And I don't know why, okay? It's the worst answer. To the best question
2: mm-hmm. because
1: story is a very unique name yeah I mean I've, I've had a handful of people handful be like oh I know a story or, or my granddaughter's mm. name is story I mean it's not like my name's Jamie that's just you everyone knows a Jamie yeah. everyone knows an Aaron you know I mm. don't know where we heard that name and it just stuck now you know what's interesting is I wanted to name her Esther
2: it's a great name, too. It's a
1: beautiful name, and I love it. And I think when we were in the middle of our adoption process, I think I was reading through the book of Esther. Mm. And I was just really... I mean, we all know the story, but I was just really struck about her saving her people. And we mentioned this before we started recording. Is like there was this something in me that was like... I would be... It couldn't be happier if one of my kids went back, not to save, that's a big word, but just went back yes. to love their people. Yeah. Like, they're Haitian. can't change that. Nothing ever takes that away. And so... Anyhow, he gave her the name story, and yeah. her middle name is the name that her mom gave her I love in Haiti. That. Yeah. I love that. So we wanted her to have that. Because that was special. I mean, her mom yeah. named her,
2: you know, and so And you know, um, there's something about Esther. Like I said this to you earlier. I just feel like God is raising up, it feels like some Joshua's and some Esters mm. that are going to change the world. And a lot of them are black Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i i felt that with your kids Mm. when i was watching you on uncomfortable conversations with a black man that i feel like them and maverick city Mm. and there's a new artist jonathan trailer yes who is it jonathan trailer okay you will love him okay davy flowers yes love her i just I god keeps pointing these people out and it's like, God is raising up these worshipers. Mm. I'm so happy about it.
1: I am too. I appreciate you saying like seeing so much leadership rising up from black and brown boys and girls. And I think that that it should excite the church like nothing ever. Like I think that it should be something where we go, this is what our body needs is we need to kind of take back what has been stolen for so many years. Because it's not a fact that there aren't equipped people yeah you know it's a fact that they haven't been able to have a voice yeah or
2: that the the voice has just been stifled in a lot of ways like when I think of the history of my ancestors I was just I've been watching certain things documentaries I'm like why Africans like of Mm. all the people to be enslaved why did all these different countries go to Africa I just I don't know why and I think that about Jewish people too like What is it? Mm -hmm. Like, why the persecution? Mm -hmm. But where you see such persecution that is often where you see God's grace. And so I think it should excite, I know a lot of, The people listening don't look like me. They probably look more like you. But we are one body in Christ. Like, we are the body. And we don't need to be colorblind. We can look at color and appreciate it and say, this is my brother and sister in Christ, and they're a different skin color than me, and I want to celebrate that. And that's not my skin color, but I want them to celebrate me. Like, I just think God made us all so beautifully diverse and that you see unity the most in diversity. I love it. You know where the church is alive and well? In Africa.
1: Yeah. In Asia. I booming, yes. And
2: like in all of these places where it's like an underground, like mm-hmm. in Asia, it's underground. Yeah. But it's, again, it's where there is persecution. That's yeah. where you see the grace of God the yeah. most.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, in the Emmanuel Acho video, he asked us, maybe he asked us like why we wanted to adopt black children mm-hmm. or yeah, whatever. I, I can't remember what the question was. Mm-hmm. And I said... 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have said, we're colorblind. It doesn't matter. I love that you said that, though. And then I like what you said at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I said that. And the reason I said that is because I wanted people to see that I understand why you would think that. Because I would have said that. Sure. Because it would have sounded like the best thing to say. It's like, no, I don't see color. Mm -hmm. But the only person that benefits from that is the white person. Mm
2: -hmm. And so... No, wait
1: a minute. Break that down for me. How so? Well, because when I say I don't see color, yeah. I don't say that to a white person. I'm only oh. saying that to a black or brown person. Interesting. Never thought about that. So it really, no black people are saying I don't see color. Mm, yeah, we see color a lot. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just this, and it com- that my point in saying it is I want people to know, like, I understand why you would say that. Yeah. It comes from the best place in your heart. Yeah. Because what you're trying to say is, no, 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 we're all alike. I don't see color. Mm. But then that means... Oh, you see, everybody looks the same like you. It's just beneficial to the white person yeah, and so i'm I'm so grateful you know to the journey that we've been on and parenting my kids yeah. who are black for fifteen years, is that it has helped me see like oh, I see all kinds of yeah. color, and it's beautiful, yes. and the diversity of the body, and the way God is us. and a little side note, when we get to heaven, yeah. we're all going to
2: be different ethnicities. That's right. So every tribe, to it, every people people tongue, it. every nation, <laughs> yes. and so let's get some practice down here on earth. Exactly. Like, it drives me crazy that Sunday morning is often the most segregated time, and it's why I love what our church is doing, the belonging. Like, we are moving into our new building as an area that's got a lot of people that look like me, around it, and the majority of that church does not look like me, and I love what God is doing, especially during this COVID season. my pastors are going for it like we are talking about it it's uncomfortable it's why I love Emmanuel and Mm -hmm. I want him to call me even though he's a little (laughs) bit young but it's why I love what he's doing is because the only way that these walls that have been erected for so long are going to come down is by us having these uncomfortable conversations and face to face and talking about these things it's it's how people are learning I'm learning from y'all and I think people are learning from me as well so I think it's important to do it with people that you feel comfortable with and maybe not on social media.
1: There we go. (laughs) I never want to stop learning. Yeah, exactly.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean...
2: You love the Titans, I can tell. Oh yeah, I can you tell? You have on the shirt, <laughs> the shoes. Yes, I almost wore the headband, but I felt like that was a little bit too much. I got the earrings. You? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's, That's what I'm loving. you love football? I love football. I love football the Titans too. specifically. Okay. Who's your team? Wait, let me guess. It's either gonna be the Cowboys or the Texans. You're gonna say the Texans.
1: Yes, so yeah. I don't really have a favorite NFL okay. team, but my brother's a Texans fan, and okay. so one of my kids is a Texans yeah. fan. NFL is not my jam. College. I like college football. Georgia. No. Ooh. Texas. University of Texas. I'm in Austin. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. He's our Emmanuel Acho. And Emmanuel Acho. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew McConaughey. His job is like Minister of Culture. Amazing. He actually does teach at the university though. Does he? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I became a football fan five years ago. Okay. I used to hate football. And what made you come in to the Natalie Grant. Natalie Grant is a diehard Seahawks fan. Okay. I watched a game with her one time and I was like, okay, Natalie, not only is she one of my favorite singers of all time, she's. Fun, like I just love hanging with her, and I was like, she's all woman, but she is screaming her voice out <laughs> for Russell Wilson. Uh, yes, so, just some learning a little bit about the game through her, and then YouTube. I kind of did a deep dive into all things, and then I was like, wait a minute, my Tennessee Titans. Like I see something going on there, and I'm a season ticket holder now. Look like, at you, I'm uh, a fanatic. <laughs> How many seats do you have? Two. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, y'all had a good season just recently. Had a great season. Yeah. We're about to go to the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> Is that the season where like literally like one play? Yeah. Okay, one? I remember this. Was this two years ago? No, last year. Last year. Last year. Was there a, a call by an official at the very end of the game? Not with the Titans. Not no, that I remember. Because I feel like something happened at the very end of a game, and then I flew into Nashville, and there was a sign about it. Or maybe it was New Orleans. I may be confused on my team. Oh,
2: New Orleans. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a playoff game. Yes. Yes. And it was a call. between the Vikings and the Saints. You are up on your football. I'm telling you. Because I
1: went through New Orleans for something, and they had a sign about this. That's right. They've been through it. you guys... Yeah,
2: so almost last year, one game away. We did, yeah. and we we lost to the Chiefs. Uh-huh. And I've got lots of family there, yes. Chiefs fans. Yep. But I went to the Texans Titans game in Houston. Okay. With that made us that let us go to the playoffs okay. because we beat y'all. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. It was the time of my life, and I actually I had a blind date that I went um, to that game with, and it was a blast. But yeah. I didn't work out. A blind date to a football game. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You're it like, was a great if they go south, at least I got the game. We had the <laughs> time of our lives. It was so fun. And oh my gosh. No, I really believe that my Titans are going to go to the Super Bowl.
1: Okay, okay, well, I got season tickets to the Texas Do Longhorns. You? So you come to Austin, I'll take you to a Texas game, I'll come to Nashville, you can bring me to a Titans game. I would See? love that. Game. I would love
2: that. Uh, okay, but you're loving the Titans. What else are yeah. you loving and what are you? Are you a reader? I am a reader. Um. I have a friend, Jillian Chambers, who wrote a book all about DISC. It's like a personality mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm when I go on vacation this week, I'm going to read that. The last book that I read, there's something called, um, it's Breakthrough. It's Prayers, Declarations, and something else for Breakthrough by Sean Bowles. Um, And that's not just a book that you read straight through. Like it's something that you pray and declare. Uh I'm loving The Chosen. Have you seen The Chosen? Tell me what it's about because it feels familiar. So it's the life. It's the best depiction of the life of Jesus that I've ever (gasps) seen. No, but I've heard about it. It's free. You should watch it online. Like it's a free app. You can stream it to your television, but you can just watch it on your phone.
1: Okay. I want to tell you, I think we started watching this at my house and I did not fall asleep because of the show. It was like the end of a week and (laughs) most of the time you Put me in front of the TV and I'm yeah. out. But my husband started watching it and he
2: couldn't stop because one of his friends did yes. the exact same thing you just said. It's done so well. Who I'm a little it? snob, but it's funded by people like you. I gave to it because I believe so much. I'm a snob when it comes to Christian Productions, because I think we should do things better than anybody. And because. sometimes it's not, yeah. But this is. Good. yeah. And so highly recommend it. Okay. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Yeah. Once you get, my favorite episode is Jesus with the Children, which I think is mm. like episode four. But you finish one episode and it's like you can't stop. And they wow. just started um, filming season two. So it's just about Jesus and his life. It's not like the passion of Christ. No, it's it's his whole life. And you see his personality. Like, that's what made me realize jesus gets a bad rap because of his people sometimes like he's fun i just i feel like he laughed i don't think children would be drawn to him if he was a fuddy-duddy like you knew that he had to have a kind of personality that made kids drawn to him and so i just think it's let me see jesus in a way that makes me go wow and then it makes me read the gospels in a different way too like i don't just read it in black and white now and red like Sometimes I pause and I go, "Jesus, what were you thinking when this happened?" Mm-hmm, right. Like it just makes it real. It makes a relationship real. Oh, I love it. Yeah.
1: Hey guys, I want to jump in here real quick. I sure hope that you're loving this conversation with Mandisa. I told you in the beginning, I loved getting to know her and this conversation was so rich and beautiful. I hope you're loving. I want to tell you something real quick. You're about to hear the end of this conversation and in full transparency, we recorded this after I had left Nashville. I was back home and we're like, oh my gosh, we forgot to talk about this. So it's going to sound a bit different, but don't worry. Nothing happened to your podcast player or your phone. It's just that it was recorded separately. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Mandisa. Mandisa, okay, before I let you go, I know that you have partnered with an organization that's doing amazing things in Haiti. And you know that Haiti is dear to my heart because two of my kids were born there. So what are you doing these days?
2: Yeah. So it's an organization called Restore Haiti. And they do a lot of things. They've got a feeding program. They really provide for their physical needs. And I love that because I think that when you do that, it often opens the door for God to speak to their spiritual needs as well. So they have a feeding program that is for children. And so all of these, like they feed like 500 children and a day. And they have a bathroom that is next to Let's just say it's a house that we think that they're doing some sketchy things in. And so these children are getting sexually harassed, you know, and that's an issue in a lot of places. But to have these young children go to the bathroom and then have to encounter such darkness. So what Restore Haiti wants to do is build a bathroom that is not close to that sketchy house. And so I love they, that. Isn't that so good? Yes. Yeah. So their goal is $5,500, which is exactly what they need to build this bathroom. And we have raised so far $1,500. So we need to raise $4,000 more. So I would love to ask um, the people listening if they could give $5 or $500. Who knows? Um, and then we could say that the happy hour made some kids really happy in Haiti <laughs> with a new make bathroom. Happy
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's make kids happy in Haiti. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, tell us, how do we find out? We'll put all this information, in the show notes for sure. But how okay. do we find out
2: about how to give and all that kind of information? Yeah. So they'll go to restorehati.com slash donate. And you'll see a drop box that says bathroom project. And that's what you want to give to. And I just, I have a lot of anticipation for what God is going to do through this. Because I think it's what we're called to do is to care for those that are less fortunate than us. And I think that gives us a crown in heaven.
1: Yay. Okay. Restorehaiti.com. Go to the donate. Slash donate. Slash Mm -hmm. donate. Let's get a bathroom in Haiti for the kids from all of you happy hour listeners. Mandisa, I adore you. I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for you. Thanks for coming on the happy hour. My pleasure. Thank you. Friends, I hope you love that show as much as I did. I think that we literally could have talked for four more hours, and you know what? We did. We went to dinner. We carried on this conversation forever, and I loved it. Guys, I'm so excited for my guest next week. Alina Pitts and I sat down together last month while I was in Nashville as well as when I interviewed Mandisa. You guys, I love every moment I get with this sweet girl. She is going to be a fierce woman of God for this kingdom, and she's just a baby girl. She's the same age as my son, so I can say that. Guys, I know you're going to love our conversation. Be sure you check out Mandisa's work with Restore Haiti at RestoreHaiti.com slash donate. That's RestoreHaiti.com slash donate. And also, don't forget, next Monday we have our last faith and politics show where I sit down with Amy Wolf and Eugene Cho to talk about how as we as Christians hold true to a biblical worldview in the midst of politics. I'll tell you this. I'll give you a hint. Jesus. That's my hint for you guys. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Pod Shaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell, and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, enjoy your week. If you like this show, share it with a friend. Have a happy hour with a friend. Invest in your real people, in your real lives. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend.